Harvest Australia Church podcast. We're so glad you're listening today. We pray this blesses you and encourages you. And if you want to get in touch with us or find out more about our ministry, please check out our website or social media. We pray you have a great day. I want to speak today on prayer and I have... A few things I just want to bring out of this, and, and I hope I can make it clearly for us. And um, so there's three things that I want to just talk about relating to prayer that I have found helpful. Many of you are good, faithful prayers, have learned a whole lot of stuff, seasoned. And so I want to touch on some things that for me, I find really helpful in prayer, because prayer can be a point of frustration for us, can't it? It can be like, oh, no, I'm not going to pray for that thing again. That hasn't happened after 10 years, 20 years, 5 years. And so it can be a point, a friction point of frustration when we haven't seen answers to prayer that we wanted to see. But um, there's three areas that, that I want to just cover today. And the first one is His will. When we find His will in our prayer life, we begin to get a flow on our prayer life, not a frustration. So instead of finding resistance, we find a release. And so when, if we're finding a real frustration in prayer, and if we're not necessarily hitting the mark or it's hard or we've been praying about the same things and, you know, it's, there's nothing really happening, then it's good to perhaps go back to, say, a, a passage like 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, and it says this. And we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. Let me read that again. And we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know that he hears us when we make our requests, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. This is when we hear his heartbeat. When we know His will, we pray into that. I shared a bit of this on Wednesday night, but I felt that this was a, a something to encourage us in. Don't give up praying. Whatever you're seeking the Lord for, don't give up. Keep pursuing Him. Pray. Seek His face. Sing. Worship. Whatever you do, go for a drive. Go for a bike ride or, you know... First one is finding his will, finding his heartbeat. You know, when we find his heartbeat, you know, even preaching, when you find his heartbeat on preaching, it can just be one word that he says and, and you can preach anything. And it's the same in our lives. We just need to hear one word of his voice, one clarification, one direction or one uh, point of specific um, word that you know you need in your heart or in your life right now. That's all you need. Once you got that, you can lock onto that and you can run with it. And, and that's something that I find is very, very hard, but very simple. It's very hard in that we try and complicate it and hear, I've said this before, you know, I never hear paragraphs from the Lord. I only hear words. And sometimes you might be really, really blessed and get a sentence, but normally it's just a couple of words of direction and you hear his will and then you know how to, how to face the next day or the next challenge or, or the direction. So the first one is finding his heart. His, uh, the second one is his methods. The Bible says in Isaiah 55 verse 8, Isaiah 55 verse 8, and it says, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. There you go. 
Now there's the answer to your question. See, you've wondered why it's so confusing and why you haven't heard anything. It's because his thoughts are completely different than your thoughts and my thoughts. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. And my thoughts higher than your thoughts. So my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. This is reinforcing the fact that when we, when we begin to listen to him, we begin to hear things that are beyond us. That's the prophetic nature of God. We begin to hear things that are tomorrow's anointing. We begin to hear things that are future tense. Now, he brings healing for the past and he does that, but he wants to bring us forth because the kingdom of God is always advancing, isn't it? It's never going back, even though we might read some stuff or hear the media saying this, or we might even you know, see some blogs or something about what's the bad stuff that's going on in the world. And, and all of a sudden, we can fall into the trap of falling into fear rather than faith. But whatever is going on around us, never fall into fear. Never operate out of fear. Never begin thinking that the world is being overcome with fear. Even though there might be some bad stuff happening and there might be some confusing stuff going on, Jesus always has the answer. And his methods are not the same as our methods. His ways are higher than ours. So we actually have to be brought up to a higher level to get into his prophetic voice and to his nature so that we can begin to see what he wants us to be praying about. And um, I'm, I'm one of those people that uh, despite whatever might be going on. And, you know, we've, we've faced all sorts of things like a lot of us have throughout our life and challenges and trials and transitions and confusion and all that sort of stuff. And it's very easy to, to look at all those symptomatic events and those symptomatic things or conversations or even people who, who respond to symptoms. We don't respond to symptoms. We respond to the kingdom of heaven. And when we respond to the kingdom of heaven, our intercession comes out of a place of victory because we know who we are and we know whose we are. And so when we operate out of that, we actually even pray in victory. We speak in victory. We speak in life, not in death. We don't operate out of fear or respond to fear. We might sometimes have to do some practical things, but it doesn't rule who we are. It doesn't rule our situation. It doesn't rule our atmosphere because we carry the kingdom of heaven. And when we know his heartbeat, it's not natural. It's not, we don't then uh, respond in a natural way. And so what I mean by that is we learn his methods. And his methods are different than a natural method. We don't have to respond the same way. We can respond with a kingdom response. And sometimes it disarms people, it disarms situations, because we have something uh, that is not a normal response pattern. We can love when we're not meant to be loving. We can, we can be a Rolls Royce when we were meant to be a clunker. But that's the kingdom of heaven, staying fresh, learning his methods. And when we hear his voice, we understand his methods. Because oftentimes we really have to listen carefully and hear his method in a situation. And many times, many times I've learned what he tells me is don't do anything. You ever had a Facebook post that just irks you to the bone and you just are compelled to respond 
to just say the righteous statement or something like that. Or maybe it's in a conversation with someone and, you know, you're overhearing them and you just have to put your two bobs worth in. Well, it's in those kind of times where, where I've learned, ah, it's just not worth it. I'm going to stay in the Rolls Royce. I'm not even going to open the door. It's nice and warm in here. The seats are warmed and comfortable. I'm staying in here. Not even going to open the door and bother because it's just, it's just noise. It's just noise. And, and so that's when we learn to stay in, in that posture, when we can actually rise above and respond in that way, learning his methods. The last one is his faithfulness. And the reason I've left this to last is because in our prayer life, so often it's easy to get disappointed. It's easy to feel let down, even by God, let down because we've been praying for something and we're just not seeing it materialize. I think this is possibly one of the biggest frustrations in the believer's life is unanswered prayer. Prayers that we've dedicated to the Lord and we've maybe fasted, maybe we've done some specific things and we've really sought after the Lord to find his heart and for breakthrough, but it just hasn't come. I want to encourage you today. And I'll go back to um, 1 John chapter 5. And it says, And we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. Anything that pleases the Lord, he hears us on our prayer. So if you're crying out for things, if you're asking the Lord for things, you know that he's hearing you if you know it's things that are in accordance with his will. If you know it's the Father's good pleasure, if you know it's a blessing, if you know it's something that backs up by the word of God, and you know you've got some rigor in it from the Father, then you know you can ask him knowing that you're going to receive it. And you can already begin receiving it. And one of the things that I found really helpful is get a couple of witnesses on it. Get a couple of witnesses, people who would champion you on that or even say to you, yeah, that's definitely from the Lord. I see that on you. I see that in your life. And I, I confirm that. I think that's great. Go for that thing. And when you get some of that, that safety barriers around you, you know you can stand on the word of God. And it doesn't matter what anyone else says. It doesn't matter what the enemy says. And here, here's the thing. This is a big deal. In, in every environment, but I probably see this maybe when praying for people or talking to people. This is one of the biggest uh, areas that um, of, of not weakness, but susceptibility, if you like, in staying strong in the Lord. And that is our own minds, our own minds. Some people struggle with rejection. And therefore, they've always got a fear thought going in. Oh, what will people think? Oh, what, what, what would happen if I do that? Or I'm not good enough to do that. Or I haven't got the gifting to do this. I want to say to you, and it can be young and old. It doesn't matter. Reject that fear. The Word of God says, take that thought captive and just stamp it on the cross. That's my version. Just put it under Christ's feet because he has already conquered that fear. He's conquered that rejection. He's conquered that stuff. And when we plant ourselves with him, some of the gifting that comes out is boldness and it's surprising. It comes out of you because it's from him. So do not listen to fear and rejection. If you have any of those thoughts, we just want to take all of those thoughts captive today. We want to put them under the cross and we want to just get rid of them. 
because they, they, prevent, they prevent the kingdom being released in and through us. And his faithfulness, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9 says, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. One of the great passages of the Bible, it's probably one of the shortest, but most of us in the room would know about the prayer of Jabez. It's a very short prayer. Jabez was not a founding father that we would know of and, you know, like Moses and David, you know, some of these famous fathers that have whole passages and whole chapters and books dedicated to their exploits. Jabez just has a tiny little bit in amongst a whole lot of other stuff that none of us ever really read anyway. Um, but it's in there. It's in there. And this, this, this Jabez crying out. His mother gave birth to him in pain, which isn't uncommon, but she called him pain. Jabez means pain. And what a name to name your child. She called him pain. It must have been really, really painful. But anyway, at some stage in Jabez's life, he sought the Lord. And this is what he said. He cried out to the God of Israel and he said, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. Interestingly enough, he asked the Lord to reverse the curse that was put on him when he was born. So it doesn't matter what circumstances you were born into. It doesn't matter what circumstances you live in now or what you think you do have or don't have. God can reverse anything. He can reverse any curse. He can reverse any limitation. He can reverse any negativity. He can reverse even the worst and the worst of circumstances that anyone is born into. He can reverse it in an instant. And here's the bit that I don't want to leave out because this is the bit that we all seek the Lord for. And at, at 1 Chronicles chapter 4.10 is what I'm reading from. Just after Jabez had cried out to the Lord and said, Lord, bless me, enlarge my territory and keep me from pain, God granted his request. He granted his request. Jabez knew the Lord's heart wasn't to be living out a curse. Jabez knew the Lord's heart was to bring blessing and enlargement of his kingdom. So he was praying in accordance with God's will. And therefore, he could come to the Lord knowing this is already on your heart. Prophetically, I know this is what you want to do. Therefore, I'm going to pray into the future. I'm going to pray into what you're already doing, seeing the Father, what the Father is doing. That's what Jesus did, didn't he? He walked the earth prophetically, seeing what the Father is doing, listening to what the Father is saying. That's, that's what a great prophetic person does. They are listening and watching what is the Father doing. What is the Father doing? And sometimes they may declare it early. Sometimes they may be able to speak it out and bring it to birth. But when we're close to the Father, I love that bit. And God granted his request. It's so simple. There's nothing really else mentioned about it other than the answer to Jabez's simple prayer. There's many of us here this morning who have very simple prayers. Lord, save that family member. Lord, do this in my region. Heal my body. Heal my mind. Or whatever it might be, there's specific things that you might be asking the Lord for. Those things that I've mentioned, you already know are on the Father's heart. He's, he is the healer. He's Jehovah Rapha. He's the healer. 
We already know he wants to save people. We already know he wants to, that all might be saved. And so we know that's on the Father's heart. So we can prophetically cry out and pray into that and say, Lord, this is on your watch. This is on your heart. And sometimes we take on a burden that's not ours. Christ took the burden. He was the great intercessor and still is. And of course, we want to intercede into situations. But sometimes we take on a burden and even a heaviness and a weight that isn't ours. Because how much more does the Father ache for the lost ones? How much more does the Father want to bring healing and restoration? It's interesting when we watch maybe documentaries or we might watch a TV show and there might be someone disabled or really, really sick. And we as believers watch that and our heart goes out to them. We go, if only Jesus would heal them. Well, how much more does the Father desire that? How much more does the Father desire that? A lot more. So prophetically then we stand with Jabez and we say, oh God, that you would heal that person and enlarge their territory and that you would keep them from pain. And God will grant our request. Now, me saying that is almost paradoxical, if that's a word. Jackie, is that a word? I think it's on track. It's on track. We're talking about jolly phonics and speech and things before. So anyway, um, the reason it's kind of an oxymoron, let's say that, in me saying that is because we don't necessarily see it all the time. And when we begin speaking out supernatural spiritual things in faith, it goes against intellect or what we might be seeing. But this is the journey of faith in hope against hope, or in other words, in hope against what we might see, we believe. That's faith. And when we declare things in faith, and we might have to do it for years. We, we've done this, we, 20 years this year we've been married. And for 20 years, there's things we've been seeking the Lord for. Healings and miracles and, and salvations and increase of his kingdom. And that, that's always a constant prayer and desire of our heart. And, and even for many years before that, and we know that's the same for a lot of you. But some of these things need a lot of plowing to grow a lot of harvest. And, and so it's, it's not just a one-time thing. If we give up after once, then we're falling short of God granting your request. If, if we did a show of hands this morning, there'd be plenty of people that would put up their hand and say, yeah, I've got things. I would love it if God would grant my request. Seek the Lord's heart on it. Seek the Lord's heart on it. Is this your will, Father? Is this your will? Sometimes we've been praying into things. I want to give you an example. When we bought our first company um, 15 years ago or something like that, I was working for the employers at the time. And um, Karen and I knew, well, we knew, we felt from the Lord that he'd spoken that we're to buy the company. And it was kind of strange because it's, you know, buying it from your bosses is weird. You don't go and tell them that. Um, Joseph would have, but I didn't. <laughs> but anyway, so the time came where the business was actually going into administration. And uh, for those of you who don't know what that means, it basically means uh, it can't pay all its debts. And so it needs to be in the hands of some accountants that try and manage the business, either sell it or close it. And so... Being an employee in that situation is kind of strange. We, we come to this situation. We've been praying. God had sort of spoken to us that where to, where to buy this thing. And, um, and I remember going home to Karen saying, wow, it's in administration. Now is our time. 
we've been praying, we've been seeking. And so we, we went ahead. Hey, Lord, this is, you're going to grant our request. We know this is on your heart. And sure enough, after some process and we put through paperwork and went through all this all the time in absolute faith, absolute believing we'd heard from God. Now is the time we didn't get the company. And I remember we went to the movies that night completely, completely confused because why didn't God grant our request? We felt it was on his heart. We had some confirmations. We lined things up as much as we could. We, were, we thought we were wise, but we were very naive. Um, but, you know, we did things as well as we could, but we didn't get it. And I remember at that time thinking, well, I've been praying for this kind of breakthrough for a long time. I felt, felt God, you know, his unction on this. Why didn't we get it? Well, the issue was I had the timing all wrong and didn't know it. So here I am praying into something and Karen as well. We're praying, talking 24-7 about this. And then the opportunity comes and we don't get it. And oftentimes it's easy at that point to give up. Or at that point to say, ah, okay, we just, we just missed the mark. And hey, sometimes we do. But we knew we heard from the Lord. And almost 12 months later to the day, we ended up buying the company. And, but it took some extra deep depth and wisdom. And we had to go through some extra layers. And he taught us a whole lot of things in that extra year that we never would have learned in the former year. And it set us up for success, not failure. And so sometimes our unanswered prayer is a blessing because he shuts doors that we don't want open. We might think we want open, but believe me, we don't want open. If God is calling you to be a pastor, ask him many times. Just, just I mean, ask him to blast that thing down. Just, just blast the door down. But it's the same in any, any aspect of life. We want to hear his voice. We want to know, how are you guiding me? What do you have for me, Lord? And he has great plans for every single person in the room. Fantastic plans. There's not one person that misses out on that prophecy in Jeremiah. That's, that's the great thing about the Word of God. Everyone has great plans ahead of them. Each one of us. Even those of you who, as I say that, are thinking to yourself, that doesn't include me. It especially includes you because he wants to bring victory in your life to be a testimony to others who suffer from rejection and fear as well. And so he is an overcoming God. He's a victorious God. I want to give you four final things to, um, I know I've done three already, but these are four final quick things, right? On practical prayer. Okay, practical prayer. Many of us practice this stuff on a daily basis, weekly basis. But I want to give you four things that I've found really helpful. Ephesians 6.18 says, pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. What does that mean? Regularly. We need to have a regular prayer life. If we don't have a regular prayer life, we're leaving little openings for the arrows to come in. Those little arrows, those negative thoughts, temptations, trials, those little distractions, habits, things that aren't godly, they can come in through those susceptible holes in our wall, in our armor, when we're not in routine prayer with the Lord. It may sound boring, but it's well worth digging in some routine prayer into your life. 
wherever it is. What It might be on the treadmill. I'll leave it there. It might be somewhere else. Whatever it is, find your place of prayer and go for it. Find your, get the comfiest couch you can possibly buy. If you want to invent, I find this very helpful, a very comfy couch. Now, it can be helpful for other things like sleep as well. So make sure it's not a lay down lazy boy couch or something. But find your place of prayer and stick to it. Get a regular routine. Second one is be persistent. Very similar. James chapter 5 says, The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Another word for earnest is consistent or persistent. And so it's one of those things that when we develop a lifestyle of persistent prayer, keep on going. Don't give up. Even if you haven't seen answer in that particular area, you know, it's salvation of family members can be a really frustrating thing. Keep praying for them. Keep praying for them. You never know when they're going to turn. You never know when the Lord's going to visit them. You never know when something's going to change in their life where they may ring you or come to you and say, it's time. <laughs> it's time. Or, or whatever might happen in their life, keep praying for them. You know it's on the Lord's heart. But there's other things that we've got to learn that our prayer is powerful. It's powerful. When you have a conversation with a person, it's natural. When you have a conversation with God, it's supernatural. And if you need an answer to anything, you want a supernatural conversation, not a natural one. And so we actually need to put in our lives earnest prayer. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Wonderful results. The third area is praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues. It's one of those funny things that our heads do not understand it, but our spirits know it's edifying us. And it's an intercession. That's what the Bible teaches us. And Paul says, I pray in tongues more than anyone, more than all of you. And he's talking about love and putting it into balance. But he's saying the value of tongues is I pray in tongues regularly, all the time. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the spiritual language. And, and what it is, is it's an engagement with the spirit realm, with the Holy Spirit that our minds can't even comprehend. This is why if we get so intellectual in the Word of God and we want to understand everything and we want to have a proof for everything and we want to have, you know, an absolute uh, full stop, an exclamation mark where everything needs to be and to understand and be able to theologize everything, I know that's not a word, but it now is. It'll be on Google tonight. <laughs> then we fall into the trap sometimes of human illumination, human enlightenment, human understanding. And if all we seek is human understanding of the Word of God, we fall into a trap of wanting to reason everything. And that's what that's what scientists do today, don't they? We don't want to be Christian scientists who just want a Christian scientific version of everything that happens in a meeting and a church and to a believer. Hey, you can't scientifically explain salvation. How does Jesus fit inside a person? And then how does Holy Spirit somehow come in there as well? And how does Holy Spirit, Jesus and the Father all become one? We don't know. Where does the earth end? Where does it begin? When did it begin? When's it going to end? We can't scientifically explain any of the great miracles of God. And so we need to recognize that tongues falls into that category 
of not being able to be rationalized, but our spirit knows it's being edified. Do it for an hour sometimes, and you'll know after an hour, you'll feel better. You'll feel better just driving along or whatever you're doing. Just speak, speak in the spirit, and sometimes he might speak to you in English through that or whatever it is. So pray in tongues. And if you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit or received the gift of tongues, we can do that this morning if you like. We can pray for that, and the Holy Spirit will come on you, and you will begin, and it doesn't always happen immediately just down the front, unless we force you to say, Eddie Betts, Eddie Betts, Eddie Betts. <laughs> There's a whole heap of Crows fans here. I'm feeling the love right now. It's good. But when the Holy Spirit comes on you, he enables an opening of a new language. It's not always instant. I took about nine months, I think, to begin to really express a language of speaking in tongues. So sometimes it takes a while. However, it opens a door in the Spirit in your life to begin to journey in speaking in tongues and a spiritual language. So it's a great thing. The last one is faith. James 5.15 talks about the prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, but it's not just relative to healing the sick. The prayer offered in faith will be answered, especially if we know his will on it. And that's why it's so conclusive in James chapter 5.15 about the sick, because we know it's the Father's heart to heal the sick. Otherwise, James couldn't have written it as assertively as he did, saying the prayer offered in faith will heal the sick. He would have said maybe if it were God's will on that day, he would heal the sick. But no, he said the prayer offered in faith will heal the sick. That's the heart of the Father. And that's our Father, all of our Father. And we have that. The last thing I want to finish on is Romans chapter 8, 28. I know it's a whole lot of scripture today, but it's just, it's just good. Romans 8, 28. For anyone who's still confused or baffled, I know I throw curveballs out there, so just bear with me. But in any area of confusion or unanswered prayer or maybe disastrous situations, disappointments, failures, trials, tribulations, letdowns, fear, abuse, whatever it might have been in our life, let me tell you, God will use it for good. He's going to bring about some good things from that situation. You might look now and think, how on earth could that be good? He will use it for good. Romans 8.28 says it, and we know that in all things, worked, that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. Every single thing on this earth will somehow give glory to God. Somehow. Only he knows how he's going to bring that about. But it's going to happen. And he's coming soon. He's coming soon. And he's stirring his people and he's stirring us to walk in the kingdom, to walk in the light, to live in the light, so that we can be carriers of the kingdom to a very dark world. And every situation that you face and that I face is raising us up into a greater believer and he wants to bring about his purposes in your life and in my life, despite what they might look like. So let's stand this morning and I want to pray. Thanks, guys. Just lift your hands and I want to just pray over us. Don't worry, I won't mention Eddie Betts. Just, just, just pray. Normal. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Actually, and, and I'll get the worship team just to come up. Lord, we thank you for your presence. 
We thank you for your word. We thank you that even our time here this morning, dramatic things happen. Dramatic things happen. Even in our spirits this morning, you can stir fresh new things. You can bring life to death. You can bring healing. You can bring hope. You can bring destiny. And so we just speak those words over each one of us today. Lord, your life, your purpose, your hope, your truth, your destiny. And Lord, we take hold of every promise that you've given us, Lord, and we stand in it again. For any who have been disappointed in prayer right now, just take that time just to relay it before the Lord. Relay it before Him and take it up again. If it's from Him, take it up again and say, Lord, I want those things. I want those things. I'm going to ask that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. And Lord, we ask that you would grant requests today, that you would grant specific prayer requests today. We ask for those lost ones, those lost ones, Lord. We ask that you would meet with them. You would visit them. You would do significant changes in families. You'd do significant things in lives. And Lord, you'd bring about your love and healing and restoration.